All right. Take two. At this point, that's just the same beat for another three minutes. So anyway, what is going on, everybody? Dirt Sheet Dudes, I am Boxman. How is everyone doing this Friday? I hope you all are doing good. I have a surprise. I told y'all I might be alone tonight. But anyway, we've got Mr. Smart Man. What's up, buddy? You thought you were alone now, but <laughs> here I am. Oh my yeah, God. what's up, everybody? What is up, everybody? I know Smart's a little bit low. We're trying to get him turned up here. Uh, slowly trying to get him turned up here. <laughs> but, uh, In terms of audio quality, thrilling through. Uh, well, I'm actually trying to see if 
possibly one of the settings in here is not right because my settings weren't correct for even doing audio a minute ago. So let me check audio and video settings real quick. Smart, let me check this. The speakers, the test audio. Let's see, that's audio. Noise cancellation. Maybe turn that off. Let's try turning that low. No, let's not do that on Skype. Audio speakers. Up. Oh, I bet I can fix this. Oh, you are a loud some bitch now. Good boy. Oh yeah. Say something again. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just testing this out, just rambling incoherently as I so often do. Here we All are. All right. We got you. We got you. There was a setting that was not done in uh, Skype. When I reset everything, I never used Skype the other night, so I guess everything never got reset in Skype. But anyway, glad we can hear you now. I'm not going to be dying to turn you up. You're going to be just fine. We got it going. Glad everybody is here. It's been a rough fucking day. <laughs> it's been a rough day. And I got to work tomorrow. I got to work tomorrow, but um, I do get to sleep an hour late. Nice. Which means I can get up at 6.30 instead of 5.30. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't expect much on that one. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so yeah. And meanwhile, I bought my wife these drinks a while ago. These Uh uh, wine cocktails. I'm not a big wine guy. But it was a pina colada flavor. And uh, decided to go ahead and grab them for her. See, you know, she, she likes the pina colada. She loves coconut. <laughs> she said it was gross. But it's 13% alcohol. Nice. Uh, in this little tiny can. Mark, you see this little can. It's kind of like a little, uh, like the medium Red Bull can. Not the large, but the medium. Not the small, you know, right in between there. It's pretty fucking gross. <laughs> she's right, she's right, but uh, hell, it's 13%, and uh, I can sleep an extra hour, so I'm going to drink this, and I got one beer down there, and then I switch to water. Okay. <laughs> there so. you go. I tend to steer clear of those already-made cocktails that they'll sell, like you said, mm. at like the gas stations, the liquor stores, things of that nature, because they do tend to be kind of gross. I mean, alcohol is alcohol. It'll get the job done if you want it to, <laughs> but yeah. Well, I didn't have dinner, so this should do good. Do just fine, just fine. Ah, oh, there you go. You're getting your nutrients. You're getting your vitamins. I like it. Absolutely, man. I'm getting some fruits. Uh, the beer will be my vegetable, I guess. Uh, wheat, barley, nuts, my grains. Um, I do. I do appreciate the irony that after like two weeks straight of you making fun of G Wiz for drinking White Claw, he's not here to give you your just desserts for admitting openly admitting to drinking a pre-made pina colada, which I would do too. But I, I'm not giving anybody grief. <laughs> About their drink choice. I love pina colada coconut shit. Yeah, and I'll tell you what's funny. This company that I'm drinking it from is actually one of my old accounts, Buzzballs, right here in Carrollton, Texas. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard of them. They have, like, the ones, I'm familiar with the ones that are, like, in the kind of sphere-shaped yeah. uh, containers. Yeah, those those are not good <laughs> by no. any means. I've had them, and like I said, they'll get the job done, but they are not good. Oh, I had tons of them. Literally, I used to have tons of them because that used to be my account, so they would give them to me. Um, and I would give them away right quick. Right quick, as they say in Texas, Mark. Um, but anyway, yeah, we did take a little break for me to move. I know everybody got that if you listen to the Wednesday show. It was just uh, just me, more of a test to uh, make sure I hooked everything up right, everything was working. Uh, it was pretty... Uh, pretty cool that everything did work and I got to hang out with everybody. It's uh, after three shows of not 
not talking to anyone but family. My God, it was so nice to see this chat room and have you guys here for a little while. It was, uh, it broke up the monotony. So thank you guys for, uh, for showing up on Wednesday to hang out with me. Um, and I'm glad Smark is back because uh, makes it a lot easier, man. And I go through shit so fast when I'm by myself, man. Mm-hmm. You need somebody to divert you into a tangent about pineapples or, you know, as we talked about, pina coladas, things of that nature. That, and I, I need time to take a hit. I need time to take a sip. You know, it's just kind of, it works It works out. I mean, I was looking for videos tonight before I thought you were coming on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, I better get myself some breaks in here. Um, and the other night I was so sick. It's, it, it's, it, it's my allergies, I guess, because... I'm sitting here doing the show, and my nose is, like, running down, like, into my mouth. And I'm like, I got to take a break. <laughs> it was rough. It was rough, but... Uh, I've been having that, too, lately. I'm, like, I'm not normally one to get allergies, but I've been taking a bunch of different, like, antihistamines and nasal sprays and things of that nature. I've been, prior to the last couple of days, just been all kinds of congested and runny nose and sniffing, sneezing, coughing. Bad times. Yeah, everyone says though when you move up to the lake, it's uh, it can definitely fuck with the allergies, all the you know the waves, the shit blowing around everywhere. Um, so I'm thinking it's either allergies or I got a little cold from going in the AC, out sweating, and I mean you know it's a hundred fucking degrees here, so sweating, coming back in, sweating, coming back in the house, moving, you know, moving, doing shit. So I don't know if it's from that or if it's just allergies, but. Anyway, Smart, you got a new background set of bunk beds behind you now? I see this. Yes, you're resonating live. You're broadcasting live from the Box Manor 2.0. Yes, 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 absolutely. And uh, I, I did take over one of the kids' rooms. I did, did take over the baby's room, so we're not going to hear babies crying anymore. Uh, it's going to be a little different now that I got, uh, got this. It's, my older kids are here. They may walk in every now and then to grab a charger, which, like, which they did the other night. So... <laughs> But that's no big deal. That's no big deal. But uh, it's pretty cool. There but, is an overall like prison vibe to your setting because you got on like you got the gray on, you got the bunk beds. The, the room it's all brand new, so everything looks kind of sterile. It doesn't look lived in yet, mm-hmm. so it does definitely look like you were in jail at the moment. All right, I wasn't moving. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, you were moving in a sense. It just wasn't voluntary. They let me bring in my computers. Uh, I got that nice. kind of pull. I got that. I got that poly pull, like in Goodfellas. Uh, <laughs> no, I promise. I am. Uh, I am not in jail. Um, I'm not built for jail. I don't know if you see these arms or this nose. Even this nose would not fit in jail. Uh, anyway, let's just move on, Smart. Before we talk about something we don't need to. Um, sure. But anyway. Glad you guys are here. Thanks once again. And let's, uh, I'm trying to, I did not put the music over here. Here it is. I can put some music over here. We can knock out plugs. And then we actually have a pretty decent amount to get into. I wasn't expecting to uh, have a lot of news for tonight, but turns out there is a lot of news for tonight. And we will uh, we will get into it in just a second here. Yes, I'm killing time. And um, give me one second. We will get the plugs out of the way because I got the music going right now, Smart. And I guess I kick off the plugs. Here we go. All right, of course, we got the high marks. It's Cheese Man. It's Mojo. It's G-Wiz who's probably going to give me some shit when he hears about what I'm drinking. 
Uh, it's <laughs> definitely want to check those guys out over there. Well, once again, where are you going to find them? You're going to find them on the mixer.com slash metal network. That's right. There's two T's in mid. I am not stuttering. Well, once again, mixer.com slash metal network, 830 p.m. Eastern time. And that is Sunday nights so check them out and of course you got bobby anthem and bobby blades they are the inhumans they are the uh on the inhuman experience and hopefully they're making a comeback soon but if you have not subscribed do it binge listen wait and they will be back because as they say if you build it they will come so there you go and of course everything unscripted wrestling podcast eric doug and daniel those guys over there really good guys over there i want you guys checking them out over there they're uh they're over there on blog talk radio and all the usual podcast platforms go check them out over there and of course we got steven milan sharing the show and it's appreciated so go check him out reviewing uh, movies letterboxd boxd.com slash steven milan there's two l's in that last name and y'all know where to find us you can get us on stitcher iheart anchor youtube google i i player whatever you'll find us go smart that's right. You want to go ahead and subscribe on your iPlayer to Cheese on Sports with Cheese Man, Cheese Master himself. They're going to have a busy weekend, a lot of sports going on. You got the NBA Finals, I believe, the uh, Conor McGregor fight is this weekend as well. So they're going to be talking Ooh. about that. You also got Sundays, 10.30 a.m., the Mo Dirk City Machine Guns with Mojo and with Dirk. And last Never, ever least, be sure to check out our friends at Planet Raconteur. It's a Planet Raconteur podcast with Bobby Anthem, Papa Dave Sincere, and Yuck Nasty. 16 episodes of season one are available for you. Season two is out now. They're putting out new episodes. Press that gosh darn subscribe button. I'm sorry for the language, but it is a matter of utmost importance. Easy there, Hoss. Um... All right, man, that's a not a bad mic there. Ours came rolling through so beautifully. I thought I saw a rainbow spark. Right. Right. Not really. Anyway, let me turn this fucking music down. And we can get into some of the wrestling smart. Once again, just glad everybody's here. Glad smart could make it tonight. That always cheers me up a little bit, little bit. Uh, we got SmackDown coming up a little bit later. Um, some of this stuff is going to tie into it anyway, but, um, all right, smart. Let me see what to start with here. Uh, you know what? Let's start with this. Everyone on Wednesday night, smart. I didn't get to hear your opinion, but I will now. Um, Alistair black now known as Malachi black did show up on AEW and everybody was like, hold up 90 day contract, 90 day contract. Well, it turns out there was a clerical error in WWE. NXT has 30-day uh, non-competes when, they're, when people are released. So when Black, I'm just going to call him Black since both of his names are that. I can just be correct with both of them. So when Black got called up, uh, they never changed the non-compete part of his contract. So it still said 30 days. So... This is like a criminal getting released and a clerical error was what caused it. Literally, WWE just didn't read over his contract. I don't know. They've got Jerry McDevitt doing something else over there that he did not look. And he only had a 30-day non-compete clause, waited his 30 days, and there ain't a goddamn thing they can do now about it. 
So, yeah. yeah. So first, Mark, I kind of want your reaction since we didn't get to get it Wednesday on. Did you see his debut out there with Arn and Cody? Yes. Yes, I did. Yes. They were teasing it kind of throughout the show. It started off with the uh, opener match. The lights went out. Then the lights went up again later on in the night and lights came back on. Out he was. It was pretty interesting. I, um, you know, he's got a lot of potential. He, obviously, he's a good performer when he's given the opportunity to be left to his own devices and actually create and build a character, mm. do things that aren't just going to get derailed almost immediately. He's got the potential to be entertaining. So we'll see what happens with that. I do want to believe we will hear saying Clarence Mason wouldn't have missed the clerical error, <laughs> which is a good point. I just want to believe that they have like an like AEW's legal team just has a guy that is like one of those old timey guys that has like the old school bifocals, has like a visor on, like a fucking like old handlebar mustache. He's like, now see here, there's actually an article, section two, chapter three, that says that he is only a thirty day contract. He can compete. Did did AEW start in the nineteen twenties? Yes, it's a little known fact. Mer, that's right, Muggsy. That's right. He can go. That's right. Yeah, he's only got 30 days. See? Exactly. 22 skidoo on him. Yeah. I don't even know what 22 skidoo means, so whatever. Uh, But anyway. (laughs) Well, you started it. It's Google time. Oh, shit. I don't even know how the fuck I'm going to spell 22 skidoo, so we'll figure that out. I believe it's... We'll get the definition. uh, I found it. Yes, there is actually a uh, NYPD Blue Blue uh, episode named Twenty Two Skidoo S K I D O O. There's holy shit! There is a street in Colorado that is twenty twenty two Skidoo Road, Fairplay, Colorado eight zero four four zero. Okay, first of all, stand up to Johnny Fairplay. I'm done. I'm done. Over. I'm out. Uh, That's is- it. Show's over. Let's see. How do I shut I this off? I don't even know anymore. All right. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I think it meant nice legs or want to fuck. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't remember. But. Uh, <laughs> well, I feel like no other website would be more qualified for this than Answers.com. Oh. So there is a question. It's either that or Urban Dictionary. So you pick your poison. But it says, what does 22 skidoo mean? And, of course, this, the very first sentence is, quote, same as 23 skidoo. Well, thank you. But anyways, it says it means to get out quickly while you can or while it's still good, often when being forced to. Such as the cops are coming. Let's 22 skidoo. I don't know why I didn't use the other voice to do that. See the link for more information. There's no link. I can't give you a link. Anyways, okay. there you go. Get the fuck out. <laughs> All right. So that was ba- it sounds like it was kind of a thing for back in the old moonshining days or the old uh, prohibition days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I would guess that's what it meant. And it was sounds like it was just something that rhymed and sounded cool back in the 20s, Muggsy. Yeah. Meh. Anyway, I, uh, anyway, yeah, it, 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 you know, and Smart, I even brought up the fact that I kind of said that I didn't really want to see this guy in, uh, in AEW, but now that he's there, I'll give him a shot. I'm not going to shit on it yet. He just came in, he did some. You know, two quick black masses. It's all he's done. So not much to shit on. No reason to shit on it. And the crowd is behind it. Oh, definitely. So who am I to shit on it? You know what I mean? 
I mean, the fact that he's going to be feuding with Cody is already an uphill battle for me to get into anything mm. that he's doing. But I will be optimistic nevertheless. You know, I said it the other night, you know, oh, good, he gets to come in and lay down for Cody. He may not. Cody may actually wake up and go, really get this fucking guy over. I mean, really get this guy over. And I'm the guy to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say Triple H or Cody? I meant Cody. I don't know why I did the Triple H voice. Freudian slip. I guess I meant one thing and said my mother. It happens. Uh, yes, of course. It happens. It happens. So, anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I got to tell you, it's kind of a... It's a better feeling knowing that Cody might actually lie, lay down for him, not just being so, well, you know, this guy isn't going to beat him. It's, it's a better feeling to have a little bit of questioning than just be like, well, you know where this shit's going. Right. No, I agree with that. And I mean, I guess the fact that they had him go over QT Marshall in the end of their epic saga said with as much sarcasm as I could possibly muster means that they're going to you know, set him up to be able to lose a couple of matches because he got his heat back, as it were. Dude, we're going from QT Marshall to this feud. I mean, I at least care about the other person in this feud, so that's a step up. Exactly what I'm saying. At least it's something to give a shit about. And I actually said that Wednesday, that we're literally going from, you know, QT Marshall, who, let's face it, that was a ridiculous feud. There was no heat behind it. No one gave a shit. I heard more people making fun of this feud on the podcasts I listened to. And again, the ones I listened to than anyone. I did not hear one podcast say it was good, it was entertaining. And it wasn't drawing ratings. I mean, let's face it. They did do this feud when their ratings were going to be tanking anyway because they weren't on their same night. I kind of wonder if that was by design. What do you think? I think it's possible. You just get it out of the way, I guess. I thought it was going to be interesting because, like you mentioned, they hadn't been on Wednesdays for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And wrestling very much is a habitual thing. So people are not trained to start watching it on Sun or Wednesdays again. That's why I said Sundays, not trained. See, <laughs> that's my point. So people got to get back into the swing of watching it on Wednesdays. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they just went ahead and they knew it was going to be what it was going to be and they just put it out there anyway. Yeah, maybe. And, I mean, it, uh, if I was QT, I would kind of be like, hmm, something's up with this. Yeah. But... I don't know. I, I mean, the guy just got more TV time than he's ever had probably in his life. So yeah. whatever. Let's not do that. Um, anyway, Alistair Black, a clerical error, was the reason he was able to debut in 30 days instead of 90. Um, I will bet everyone right now is out there checking their contracts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway. well, there was a lot of speculation when they got rid of uh, Brizongo. Because they brought them to NXT, but they were, you know, on the main roster. So it was, what do they fall under under that regard? Do, are they under the main roster contracts? Are they under NXT contracts? Uh, from what they were saying, it was supposed to be a full ninety days for both of them. So, but now that see. we now, I'm, I didn't mean to cut you off. Now that we know what's going on with Alistair, though, I don't know, man. It uh, that's a good question because. Technically, they're NXT stars. If their contract got renewed while they were in NXT, they've only got 30 days, and the people that were saying 90 aren't sure what they're talking about. 
I mean, let's face it. None of us are sure what their contracts look like. We may see one of those guys in 30 days. Right. I mean, I don't know what their contract looks like. I, you don't. Dave Meltzer may, but I doubt it. So, anyway, I'm going to give Alistair Black a chance over there. Or, I'm sorry, Malachi Black. I'm not crazy about the name. The last time we had a Malachi, it didn't go over very well, did it, Smark? No, this is very true. Yeah, that was... Um, God, who Kevin was? Thorne. Kevin Thorne. That's, that's a, yeah, when, when Vince literally told him, the world doesn't need vampires anymore, and neither do we. <laughs> That just seems like a movie line. Like, I'm not sure in what context he would say that, but it's just, I picture Vince as broad-chestedly, you know, poking his chin out and just being like, the world doesn't need vampires anymore. Oh, I could see that in Blade. True. The world yeah. doesn't need vampires anymore. Either do I. Well, you did have old Triple H in Blade 3, so it works. True. And then techno music starts. <laughs> anyway. Let's get rid of that story and move on to the next one. <laughs> Check one off, and we move on. And we do. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm still a little, like I said, I think the allergies got me. Now, according to, speaking of Dave Meltzer, uh, according to the Wrestling Observer newsletter, uh, it seems that Paul Heyman has been pulled for some reason from talking smack. Um, I'm glad you're here tonight, because I wanted to, Definitely get your opinion on this one. Now, it's kind of funny that all these viral videos has started going out when Paul Heyman was kind of pulling it out of people. And, um, you know, even to the point where they're like having to force kind of storylines on us because things went viral. And I'm wondering if they're just like, all right, enough of that. And just pulled them off for that reason. But. I can't think of any other reason. I can't either. I mean, that's as much of a reason as any, I suppose. Uh, he's doing his job too well? Yeah. Well, yes, you can't have anything getting over. We wouldn't want that. I, I'm, I'm, it, it's really... I mean, I mean, unless he's going to do something else with the company, but for him to be off of a show like that when like i said so many viral moments i mean they've literally had to take a couple of storylines and just kind of fit in matches uh just because of it peyton royce perfect example they had to fit in a match because she cut a great fucking promo on talking smack <laughs> yeah and then they fired her for it <laughs> exactly um that, that promo was good we're going to need you to get out of here which, by the by, ugh, speaking of female promos, I'm promo on SmackDown tonight. Uh, we, uh, which one? The um, the whoever thought it would be a, a good idea to mix the lady with the New York accent with the lady with the New Jersey accent that made for lovely television. You oh. had Carmella and Liv Morgan just trying to out, essentially, female Eddie Kingston each other. That was lovely. See, sometimes I'm happy when my uh, when my app locks up. As I said, it was locking up like a 1980s breakdancer. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to make mine. I was hitting the TV, just hopeful, <laughs> trying to be, pause, lag, stop, damn you, enough. <laughs> well, luckily, I did not see that, um, and I probably don't need to. But uh, it looks like they, instead of putting uh, Paul Heyman on, they put McAfee. Pat McAfee on that show in place of Paul Heyman. Um, 
I don't know. You, I, they're either okay. I'm not going to say the re- there's two reasons. One, Paul was getting people over, and they were having a four storylines. Two, they're going for a younger audience, which I don't think they know. Paul Heyman has that website still, Heyman Hustle, which garners a younger audience. Or they're putting, like I said, McAfee on to get that younger audience, get his one point something million subscribers to watch him on this show and just kind of boost everything up. That's another reason. That's possible. And I mean, the other thing that seems to be on the horizon is more and more they've been dropping Brock's name on the television. So could be on the horizon there. Could be, and Paul Heyman didn't help things by... Well, first of all, there's an article up here um, on Wrestling Inc. about the backstage notes on Brock Lesnar, and the main backstage note is WWE really wants Brock Lesnar back. That's the whole gist of the article. (laughs) No fucking shit they want him back. (laughs) Vince McMahon standing outside of his house with a bum box held up over his head. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if Mark, Mark Middleton wrote. I don't know if he was just sitting back there like, you know, I'll bet they really want Brock back for, uh, oh, wait, it, this is Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men podcast. <sighs> there we go. I was, I was trying to remember his name because I was like, that sounds like something. Yeah. Old buddy from Matt Men would bring them. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, and, you know, it's like he did. Say, he says that they did try to bring him back, but they couldn't reach a financial decision. They're trying to get him for live shows. Mm, I don't know. They've paid this guy five million a year before. And you think they can't. Why would they? Who? Brock doesn't do live shows. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's just it, this article is just. But the reason I brought that up is because Paul Heyman actually changed his his profile picture um, on the old social media there on Facebook to the old picture from uh, when Brock Lesnar came in and beat the shit out of Roman Reigns and Heyman just had that look in his eyes. Did you see this picture? Yes, I did see that he changed his uh, Twitter profile. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. So... Bringing more speculation, and right behind him, of course, over his right shoulder is the long-haired guy that's always with uh, lime green shirt guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sitting right there, having fun as usual. So, all right. But there you go. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do if Brock comes back. I don't know. I definitely think they do want Brock, uh, Brock back, of course, but... My God, man. I mean, it's like he's been gone so long at this point. I hate to say this, but I'm kind of fine without him. Yeah. I mean, as somebody who is used as much as he was to the capacity that he was used to and for, anytime somebody is pushed that hard, after a while, you do need a little bit of a break from that. I'm kind of reaching that same fatigue with Drew, where Drew's always in the title picture now, too, even after he lost the belt. So... And he cuts the, yeah, and he cuts the same promo every fucking week now. Well, yes, he cuts the same promo every week, but it is also the same sort of incoherent, like I Scottish folklore 
Where it's like, you want to hear a story about the Spider who took on the volcano? It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, or the fucking sword made out of, what was it, whale's tooth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, stick your whale's tooth up your ass. If that's the sword, go ahead with that, too. Let's discuss the ratings that are made out of plasterboard. <laughs> Which, by the um, way, I don't know if you talked about that Wednesday. All-time low for Raw. Yeah, I did not talk about that Wednesday, because I actually didn't see that until yesterday. But uh, do you have that? Did, do you have that? I don't 1.4 was the number. I don't know the exact mm-hmm. 1.4, blah, 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 the exact number, but it was 1.4 something, which was the lowest in the history of Raw the history. for the 5th of July. Wow. Well, I mean, I got to be honest. I didn't watch. I haven't watched in a couple of weeks. Either. I have not watched in a couple of weeks, to be honest with you, dude. I just haven't. No, there, there were some shows that I did keep up with during our hiatus, uh-huh. but uh, that was not one of them. I was not going to endure that if I didn't have the benefit of making fun of how stupid it was in front of a chat room of four to seven people. Yeah, I uh, I just didn't care to watch it. I just didn't care to and didn't watch it. Like, like I said Wednesday, I'm not going to go back and talk about it. It's things I didn't watch. There's no reason to. So... Just that that would have bother. been an amazing show, though, if we just had like three or four hours of just like, here's what we've missed in the last two weeks that you've already seen. It's already old to you. <laughs> well, that kind of would be fun. That wouldn't be too bad. That wouldn't be too bad. Um, but anyway, let me just get to this last one on Paul Heyman, and then we'll uh, roll over to a couple of yours over there. Smart, we can kind of tie in a few of those. Um Paul Heyman did post a little picture of himself, of himself, excuse me, uh, on the old Twitter machine and said he was shooting a WWE Network documentary for Peacock TV. It was on WrestleMania 37, which is what he thought he was going. It turned out to be the showcase for the one immortal, the tribal chief. So it looks like he's doing something on Roman Reigns. Um... No one really knows what it is. It could be a multitude of things, a 24-7. Who knows? But it looks like he is doing something on WrestleMania 37. Um, And we will will find out what's going on with that soon. There you go. There you go. All right, Smart, you got a few there. Yeah. So uh, SBC posted here in the chat, the number was 1.472 million. So that is the lowest just ever regardless of the date or circumstance so they're just absolutely crushing it like Wiz said in the chat room he was going to watch it but then literally anything else was on television yeah pretty much <laughs> I, I hear that it's just uh, it, it's been the same show just over and over and over again which has kind of was unfortunately starting to become the case with Smackdown 2 but they're starting to change that up a little bit, and we're going to talk about that as I not so subtly kill time as I bring up some of my news stories here. But I guess we'll get into the first one. It's like the most talked about one that we've it's kind of been around today. Bailey, set to miss nine months with a torn ACL. Of course, when the nine months came up, what was the first speculation? Everybody except for credible news sources said she was pregnant. Yeah, like she's gonna just be pregnant, have the baby, and go right back to work. Can everyone fuck off for just 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 two minutes, please? 
that 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 thought she was pregnant. She's not pregnant. She's a torn ACL. She's gonna have to go for the surgery. She's gonna have to fucking rehab. She's gonna have to get trained, go trained more, and then get cleared. About nine months. About nine months. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Apparently, what they were talking about, uh, Sean Rossap was saying that it was part of the testing that they are putting the performers through to make sure that they are ready to be on the road. Mm. So he was saying that his official tweet says, "We're told Bailey injured." Mm. That's not what he said. He actually wrote his legibly, unlike some of the stories that I read. We're told the Bailey injury happened during the mandatory, quote, return to road training session at the WWE Performance Center while doing chain wrestling with another superstar. It was referred to as a freak accident. It's never good when you're wrestling chains. They don't They don't really sell for you. No, they don't. And they hurt. They hurt. They do. They, they do. do. They do. Um well, yeah, she's going to be out for a while. And we did hear tonight her uh, replacement is uh, Carmella. Who gives a shit? <laughs> oh, I thought that was a well-timed horse uh, impression. No, I just I just don't care about Carmella. I just don't. It just does nothing for me. It's not. It's, it's just nothing. Um, well, shit, I guess we'll knock that out real quick. That's what ended up happening. Because you get a Bailey promo where it's like Bailey reminds you that she's the only person in that division that knows how to cut a promo, and you're going to be doing without that for nine months. So yeah. look forward to that. But because uh, a promo basically saying that it was everybody else's fault, the fans' fault that she got injured, which I like. That was fun. After that, you had uh, Sonya Deville come out. She says that Carmella is going to be the number one contender. I guess even though she lost apparently to Liv Morgan a couple of times the last few weeks. Liv Morgan comes out and they have just a just a spree of interchangeable, terrible upper state accents. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't get to hear that. But it did, was it was pretty shitty. <laughs> do they have like no women on SmackDown right now? They didn't, but now they do. Because that was what everybody was pointing out was uh, essentially, there's like four, and I think there's with Bailey before Bailey got injured. Mm. There's like four women <laughs> that, that are on, without with the exception of like Bianca, with the, who you know has the championship, because they were doing the Money in the Bank qualifiers, and they're like everybody that's in these matches are the entirety of their division. Pretty much, man. It's 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 not good. It's just not good. Um, it's not good shit, Smart. But um. Yeah, they've got no... And the, you're right. They did bring up two more tonight. They brought up, strangely, Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. The tag team was Shotzi and Ember. Yeah, they Aunt Vived Ember. They just recasted her right out of the blue. I was curious because I haven't seen the last two NXTs, but based on what I was reading online, it seemed like they just made that decision out of the blue. Like It doesn't appear that Ember is injured. It doesn't appear that there is any other sort of reason why she would be on NXT and not make the transition to SmackDown, so they just randomly decided, potentially, I guess, maybe she doesn't want to go back to the main roster. Uh, that could be a thing. Who knows? Sounds pretty disrespectful to me, but I just talk wrestling, so what do I know anyway? But, um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it is going to be, uh, like you said, she's one of the only people on SmackDown that can cut a fucking promo, so it is going to be a little, uh, little shitty not having her on there for a while. But, I guess there's nothing we can do about it. She is hurt, and um, I guess it's good they're doing all this mandatory testing, making sure everybody's healthy. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, apparently there was just a lot of people that weren't 
training or weren't taking things as seriously as they normally would, kind of just becoming complacent based on just having to go to the same place over and over again. Right. Right. Um, no, real quick, Smart. Before I forget to mention this, because I actually had it and I don't know where I where the news story went. On AEW Wednesday night, I guess during the Jericho segment, a fan, not during Jericho's entrance, a fan tried to jump in. Mm-hmm. Yes, I saw that. Last, I was watching the show last night, so it's still fresh. Um, the guy was proud of it. Uh, his name on Twitter is Fat Bastard or at Motherfucking Mark. <laughs> You learn how to spell that. Uh, there's a couple of U's, uh, some H's and K's. Uh, here's what he said. At the Jim Cornette, at Great Brian Last. How did you like my hashtag AEW debut? I did this for all of us real wrestling fans. Wrestling is no longer a safe space for friends to dance around and play dress up. Reality can hit at any time. Now, there was more to this. This is just a picture I have. Um, so this guy was a... Cult of Cornette fan. Um, <laughs> his fucking his debut. Yes, he finally brought realism back to pro wrestling. Stan Hansen would be proud mm-hmm. that he jumped the rail. Jericho almost hit him, but then decided that he wouldn't want to, doesn't want to be sued. So he just let security take him away, and then MJF called him fat, and that was the end of his uh, debut, as it were. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I actually missed this on Wednesday. I had to go back and check it out. Um, but of course, I mean, I don't know how we thought Cornette would, would sign on for this. Uh, Cornette replied to him quickly, uh, got news for you, dipshit. The ring is sacred ground for us. And even if you think a lot of others, wait a minute, even if you and a lot of others think you can kick the shit out of the young bucks, I would have turned you into a tennis racket popsicle. And you're lucky someone there didn't gut you like a fish. And you're blocked. <laughs> oh, corny. Um, so that was the first one. Yes, and then, never meet your heroes, huh? Oh, exactly. Well, how about trying to do something stupid for your fucking heroes? And then Jericho jumped in. Do you really think at the Jim Cornette would condone this, this you fucking loser? Jimmy would have shoved a tennis racket up your ass and smashed your car windows. They both agreed with the tennis racket up the ass, which is kind of strange in a way that Jim Cornette is known for shoving his racket up people's asses, I guess. Yes, very much. I wonder, you know, doesn't seem very sanitary. No, no, not at all. But um, again, I wanted to bring that up just before I forgot it. But uh, why would anyone think Jim Cornette, an old school guy, would even condone this at all and this guy what a fucking idiot being proud of himself who is he the new fucking piss shit milk guy yeah it's funny you say that because that was the first thing that came to my mind is i was like this guy's a less whimsical and i guess whimsical isn't the right word (laughs) this guy is a less funny version of the piss shit milk guy well it was that guy and then remember the guy that just came down in the in the flak jacket when roman reigns and everybody there were when when the feud, when the shield was out there, mm-hmm. and and they were like, "Is that your partner?" <laughs> Which is a great video to watch. It is because because if you watch it, you could just like it's so rewatchable because you can just enjoy everybody's facial reactions. 
Because you have, like, Roman looks a little bit surprised. Seth looks like he wants to hit him, and, like, Ambrose is just laughing. Ambrose is like, check him out. Check him out. And the announcers don't know what to do, and no one knew what to do for a minute because he looked the part, and they were like, is this part of the show? Mm-hmm. And then I don't know who got in their ear, and they were like, no, this is not <laughs> part of the show. Let's get rid of this guy. Yeah, but that's the interesting thing, though, is like like you said, if he likes all, if he prides himself on being an old school wrestling fan, like how many YouTube videos are there of just various wrestlers? Like you could make a fucking eight minute long compilation of like Randy Savage just kicking people in the head, fucking punching them, you know, back in WCW. Anytime somebody would jump, you know, that he lived for that shit. So I don't understand how like, I don't understand how you were going to impress Cornette by doing this. And I don't understand what the play was. Like, you're going to get a couple extra followers on Twitter. Like, how are you going to spin this into anything positive for you? He paid money to be there. Yeah. And now they're saying that they're going to pursue legal action against him. So he's going to pay legal fees. And he is banned from that stadium and banned from all AEW shows. So Good. his I don't know how what he's going to do for the follow-up to his debut. Good. I, 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 dude, this, I, what an idiot. Goes on and brags about what he did good now they know who you are now they can prosecute you you literally might want to check what 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 you uh that little box when you sign it buy a ticket what you're uh, agreeing to the rules and you did not follow them you're fucked kid you should not have gone on there and bragged about your dumb fucking stupid ridiculous antics it's kind of it's it's been a thing. It's been a recurring thing lately, with like a lot of different sporting events, of just like fan misbehavior lately. There's apparently an incident in golf that happened, I guess, sometime this week. I'm not terribly familiar with it, but one of the like somebody stole, or tried to steal a golf club out of Roy McIlroy's bag while he's golfing, and he was properly dealt with. There was a, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but the Tour de France, mm-hmm. there was a lady that caused like a massive fucking pile up yep. because she wanted to get her sign on television. Like, there's a lot of people that are just out and out fucking, <laughs> they did not take the pandemic well and it's showing. Yeah, yeah. Um, people going a little crazy. People going a little crazy. But uh, anyway, like I said, I wanted to mention that before we forgot about it. Um, Smart, uh, keep rolling. All right. Well, I guess to stay in the vein of AEW and um, people threatening other safety, this is from WrestleTalk.com. Jim Ross says he received death threats over WWE Dynamite error. Says WWE Hall of Famer and current AEW announcer Jim Ross was under fire last week for a mistake he made at the end of AEW Dynamite, where he referred to the show as WWE Dynamite. On his grilling JR podcast, Ross went into further detail on the error, reiterating that he was embarrassed by the slip. JR said, I don't know how much more I can say when I I addressed it. I made a mistake. It was inadvertent, and I am very sorry. I did it. Obviously, it's embarrassing. All of a sudden, out of that one or two second bite, here's what comes out of that for some wrestling fans. And I say some wrestling fans because I'm still a devotee of our business. That's a very interesting choice of words. Ah, fucking devotee, my God. I have great respect for the fans. They have supported my efforts undeniably for years through Jan's death, leaving WWE, whatever it may be. They've always stood. But anyways, he says, it goes on to talk about, like, the fallback from that. It says, people said 
I had a stroke, by the way. I've never had a stroke, but that's been diagnosed on the internet from my faux pas. I've had a stroke. I've had a battle with Bell's Palsy. I've actually had three bouts with Bell's Palsy that I have onset dementia, which wouldn't surprise me. It's going to happen to everybody some ways or another. He did say ways. I'm just reading it as it goes. But man, I got everything on that thing from people wanting me to die. But man, I got everything on that thing from people wanting me to die. Yep, that is exactly how he typed that. That <laughs> I've never seen somebody type the way that they talk before. That's fascinating. So yes, long story short, he made the mistake of when they were signing off saying uh-huh. tune in next week for a or for WWE Dynamite, and the internet who already loves Jim Ross <laughs> as it is apparently decided to threaten his life for such a uh, snafu. Yeah, um, wrestling fans are slime, scum, and the the guy made a fucking mistake for a company he worked for for over 20 years, 15, 20 years, right? Yeah. He made, he got hyped up, he made a mistake, he's an older gentleman, do we have to do this? Never made a mistake. Every oh, oh, I forgot. All you wrestling fans are perfect people who have never made a fucking mistake. I bet if we went through half these comments, there'd be grammar and spelling mistakes. Mm-hmm. So, I myself yeah. have made up a country and made Miami a state in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> you did. You which, did. by the way, AW was in the great state of Miami this week for Dynamite. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. Miami could be a state. Yes. It could be, but uh, listen, I just, the guy made a mistake. I heard it. I did. I did. I heard it. It was just, it was a mistake. He slipped. Can we leave the fucking guy alone now? Everyone in this world makes a mistake. No one is perfect. No one is perfect, even though we have set these perfect standards for ourselves, which are impossible to follow. No one is perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. If you Anyone who gave JR a death threat over this needs to fucking maybe take their own advice. And I don't usually say that, but maybe they should. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, what is it saying? Like, Jim Ross kind of has been making a lot of mistakes lately. Not that he's defending anybody trying to, you know, threaten his life or whatever. I don't want to put out that out there, but he's right. He, like, I kind of noticed watching Dynamite this week, as much as I like to defend him. Because he is, A, the voice of my childhood, and B, I enjoy his ability to make Reddit upset. That's that's always just fun to me. But, uh, yeah, you can kind of tell the heat's coming off the fastball, as it were. I felt bad for him because he was talking about Andrade, and he just, he was trying to say his nickname. And, like, you can hear him just, like, trying to gasp for air to buy time to figure out how it is that he's going to attempt to pronounce his nickname. And I just felt bad for him because, like, the poor guy was, like, panicking on air i felt bad i was like man that sucks i know and usually excalibur would jump in for him and excalibur just let him sit there and die it was like dude come on yeah, man all of them shivani too they just laid out i was like dude fucking help him he's <laughs> drowning out here throw him a fucking line okay Christ, man. uh listen i'm 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 not going to shit on JR for the mistakes he makes. He's an older gentleman. They brought him back in. I don't think he really... I'm not going to say I don't think he wanted to. I think he may not have wanted to come back, but I think he thought it would be a good thing to take his mind off of his uh, 
off of Jan's death. And listen, I, I'm I'm just not going to shit on the guy for it. The guy has made a mistake. Leave him alone. I don't care how yeah. many mistakes the guy makes. It's live TV. Everyone makes a mistake. Leave him alone. I, I, I totally agree with that. Yep. Yep. And that's where I'm at on that one. Uh, you can grab another one. There you go. We got the stories uh, coming. Oh, yeah. All right, so this, this one, <laughs> I guess since we're talking about, like, threatening lives and people's lives being in jeopardy, we're, we'll uh, go ahead and just take this into a depressing uh, nosedive. F4W Online is, uh, this is an update on the health of Terry Funk. Terry Funk, who just turned 77 on June 30th, has been moved into an assistant, assisted, I need assistance reading this, assisted living home, which is really heartbreaking to hear. On the Terry Funk Twitter account, a note was posted after Don Morocco has spoken about hearing about Funk's issues, they use the word about a lot here, on his podcast after hearing from Scott Casey, who was going to visit him in Amarillo. Yes, Mr. Funk is currently receiving residential care for his multiple health issues, which do affect his mind as well as the rest of his body. As you can imagine, some days are better than others. He and his family appreciate your kind words. Funk was generous when it came to crowd, was a genius when it came to crowd psychology and working, and one of the all-around greatest to do it, Morocco stated. That's just sort of a weird detour to take there in this article. Anyways, Morocco stated that Funk has advanced dementia. I talked with Funk about two months ago. Who is I in this matter? Old Davy Meltzer. I talked with Funk about two months ago, and we had a great conversation at that time. I would not call what he had advanced dementia. Dave Meltzer, dementia expert. Mm. But he had been having problems dating back a few years. He had been having physical problems for much longer, particularly... This is why I decided to read this. I thought it was kind of interesting. Particularly after he made the mistake of flying to work on a Tommy Dreamer show years after leaving, years ago after leaving the hospital after hernia surgery, he was told not to travel, but he had the mentality that you don't miss a booking. And from a personal level, he was very close to Dreamer, so that was a booking he wasn't going to miss. But he was in so much pain, and the abdominal... Adom, God damn it, Box, you helped me with this word. Abdominal. Abdominal. Yes. Yay! You could have just said Tennessee tummy. You could have said tummy. You could have said tummy hernia. Yes. He got a tummy ache. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> abdominal hernia. Still not right. Hernia never recovered. Hernia. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> we now have a show title. It's the abominable. <laughs> it's the abominable hernia. What's a hernia? No one knows. <laughs> a, a former foe and now friend of Rudolph. Yeah, this is on Christmas special. I got to see if hernia is a word. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So his hernia ne never recovered, and he was almost and he almost never traveled after that point. Even though he wanted to attend events like Cauliflower Alley Club, said that right for some reason, and his old see his old friends each year. Speaking of heaters coming out of the fastball. Oof. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny. Tommy Dreamer is the one saying, oh, he's fine. These websites are all over-exaggerating. Now it seems like Tommy Dreamer is kind of trying to cover his ass. Now, I don't know if Meltzer knows how dementia works, even advanced dementia. There are times, and it's usually daytime, where they are incredibly lucid. 
And then around the four, five, six hour is what they call shadowing is where they start actually having the dementia episodes. I don't know when Dave talked to him, but I'm just saying that's kind of the way the dementia works. They do have very lucid times and they also have very bad times. Um, if Funk is going through this, obviously this is awful. Um, I mean, he's been around so long, and you know, just the, just this story right here talking about how he he has the mentality he's not going to miss a show, especially when he's close to someone. I don't think it mattered if he was close to someone. I think I, I don't think he would have missed a booking either way. And I don't, you know, it's just the way Terry Funk was brought up. It's the way he was in the business. It's the way we've all heard stories about him being just a loyal loyal guy no matter what the consequences to him his body is so i don't know man i just i don't even know what to say i mean i just i hope we keep him around a lot longer but not long enough for him to be in pain you know what i mean not not long enough for him to be in 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 so much pain i i, I hope that makes sense yeah i hear you because well, i mean you know obviously anytime you build a connection with somebody like that and He's kind of built a connection with a lot of us as fans. You don't want him to be gone. You don't want that connection to be kind of severed. But at the same time, you also don't want his health to become so deteriorated that it just becomes a real sort of just tragic situation for his family and for him as well. You know, I've never had anybody in my family that I know of have dementia, Mm -hmm. but I've heard other people talk about it. And I've just it seems like it's just really terrible. And real quick, Hermia is a fictional character from Shakespeare's play *A Midnight's uh, A Midnight Summer a, a Midsummer's Night A Midsummer Night's Dream*. Now you got me not being able to speak. That's my fault. See, I was quoting Shakespeare. This wasn't uh, literacy at all. She, I was just too highbrow for the rest. There of you the go. Plebeians. She is a girl of ancient Athens, named for Hermes, the Greek god of trade. Smart. So you you actually touched on something very educated, which I have a feeling you did not mean to do. Uh, <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny <laughs> such allegations. But, and and I mean, you know, you you go back and you think of the movie uh, Beyond the Mat, right? Yeah. And they were even talking in that movie right there about how it was hard for Terry to wake up. Hard for Terry to, you know, he was on constant pain. He was retiring back then. This is from, now remember, this movie was in 1999, and he had recorded this stuff over, I think it was three or five years, Mark. I don't remember. Right, yes, he was facing then WWF champion Bret Hart right. at his retirement. Exactly. So this was pre-November 97, at least. Exactly. So this is back then. Now, we fast forward all these years, and... I hate to say we're lucky to still have Funk around, but I believe we are still lucky to have him around. He is a tough son of a bitch, and I think that's really good. But he's been in pain so long, so fucking long, man. And you really, you feel for the guy because you know, I mean, we know how long the guy has been hurting. And I don't know, sometimes, and this may sound awful, but Man, the dementia might even be taking his pain away. He might even be painless at that time, which wouldn't be the worst thing for him. But I just, it's just awful. Like I said, you you go back and you think how long it's been since we've all heard he was in pain. And he was in pain even before that and before that. 
how long can you live with that pain, man? Right. How long? How long? So, oh, I don't know. I don't know. This this is a tough one. This is a tough one right here on, on, on Terry Funk. Been around so long, so many matches, so many memorable promos. The the forever promo. That'll be around forever. Mm-hmm. Forever. And like I, it's like I forever. Think about the Forever. Forever. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, was, I was fucking with you. Go ahead. No, uh, and you got me thinking about. I was already thinking about when you, you know, you're talking about Beyond the Mat, now the whole Den Stamp situation. Yeah, that was fucking wild. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about. You know, we've talked about it before. We've kind of the origins of this show of THT of all you know all the other shows that you have been a part of that have led to this mm. came from you know in your head the podcast. And he was a guest on there a couple of times. He kind of had the uh, very famous line where he referred to the listener base as punks, perverts, idiots, and fools. Yes. Which was a really fucking... And I mean, that's kind of... That's his thing. He's like such a just... No matter what the... You know, what, what the task is, whether he's doing a show that he's getting paid for, you know, wrestling in front of however many... A couple hundred thousand or, you know, a couple hundred people, or if he's just on a podcast for free shooting the shit, he's fully committed to entertaining and to, you know, doing whatever he can to make people happy. Yeah, and Weaves is right. Uh, Patrick Swayze, he did fire Terry Funk. He also told him there's always Barber College. Uh, <laughs> Roadhouse, love that movie. Fuck yeah, good reference, Weebs. Got me pumped up. Uh, but, um, it, you know, it's, it's, it's funny you brought up Dennis Stamp. And you think about that, and we go back to the loyalty. This guy saw a, a, What are you slapping, Smart? Uh, I was playing with a magnet. I'm sorry. Been like an hour, dude. To, to take, take take your fucking ADHD elsewhere, dude. Uh, <laughs> I was unaware that was being uh, picked up. <laughs> anyway, um, you go back to that Dennis Stamp, the Dennis Stamp, and here he is. The guy sees his good friend. Not, I mean, obviously Dennis Stamp was kind of making. He was laying a guilt trip on Funk at the time. I mean, look, we reviewed this thing. That was actually one of the last, it might have been the last show we did, um, was the Beyond the Mat on Hollywood Hangout. Um, but y- y- you just go back. I mean, here's this guy, Terry Funk. He sees his friend, not, and he does everything he can to get him on the show, even if it's just ref in the match. And he does. And then he, and then he, has to, you know, he talks him into it. It's, it's just, it just shows the kind of guy that, that he is and can't help but be. You know, well, that's, that's kind of the funny thing, though. It's like, <laughs> of all people, he knew that motherfucker worked because <laughs> he managed to what would have been a rather non-memorable, just sort of one-off cameo if he were to have been the referee in Terry Funk's last match without any sort of effect or fanfare. Like, he would have received about five seconds at the most in that movie. Yeah. He became a substantial part of that movie. He's like one of the very first things I think of Anytime anybody mentions Beyond the Mad, it's just fucking Dennis Stamp, half naked, fucking jumping in front of a trampoline in front of the neighbors. It's just wild. Dude, I still bring my weights out there and jump on the trampoline just to, mm-hmm. just to, just to get the feeling, man. Because you never know. You never know when you're going to get the call, Smart. The self-proclaimed king of the cockroaches. <laughs> there you go. You never know when you're going to get that call. <laughs> Rest in peace, Dennis Stamp. By the way. Yes. Yes, Absolutely. indeed. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Smark, I'm going to let you get to your last ones because the one I'm going to get to last is about uh, 
is some Jimmy Uso talk, a little more details on his arrest. And again, we did not get your uh, thoughts on the Jimmy Uso arrest. And now we have tonight that we saw on SmackDown to where they brought him out like ain't nothing happened at all. Um, so we can add that in there as we go, but, uh, you got, I think three more here. Go ahead and, uh, go ahead and run them through brother. That's right. From illiteracy to alcoholism. This seems like sort of the, uh, telltale symptoms of my life. This is sort of a life and times perspective. We're going, I'm just going to go ahead and bundle these together since they're both kind of similar topics. Uh, both from F4W Online, the old observer. Mm-hmm. On Friday, WWE announced 11 new touring dates for September that include this year's Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Can't wait. The weapons and specialty match-filled event will take place at the Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio, on Sunday, September 26th. The primary East Coast functioned East Coast focused schedule. Includes three Raws, two SmackDowns, three Super Shows that combine talents from both brands and two house shows. How dare they? They are live events. Let's, you know, let's be technical about this. Yeah. Uh, they go on to list all the dates. you got Washington, D.C., Alberta, New York, Atlanta, Georgia, Augusta, Georgia, so on and so forth. Uh, WWE also announced that the Friday, September 10th SmackDown will also feature Raw wrestlers. This is, this is an unheard of phenomenon here. They, they, they never mix those colors together. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, there's there's more dates that are being announced. So if you want to, uh, you know, go and pay and see yourself a house show, you can do that. This uh, next one here is a also from the observer, as I said, AW All Out officially sells out in return to Chicago's Now Arena. Yeah. AW All Out has sold out. Ah, there you go. That was wordplay. That was good. That was very good, Smart. You flowed right through that. Yes. Proud of you. Hit my stride. Proud of you, sir. Yeah, it's only, you know, 1130 (laughs) your time. (laughs) (laughs) Hour in. After almost three weeks off. This is what happens. We've talked about habitual things before, and, you know, you you, you miss a couple of shows, and that's what happens. Anyways, after a Thursday pre-sale that saw nearly all the seats inside Chicago's Now Arena get purchased. The remaining tickets available Friday were also snatched up quickly, ensuring a sellout of nearly 11000 for Sunday, September 5th event. This will be the third all-out in company history and the second to be held in the same venue, formerly known as the Sears Center. Take notes, there will be a quiz later. Last year's show was held in Jacksonville, Florida due to the pandemic. AEW will hold three shows at the same venue that week, beginning with Dynamite on Wednesday and then Rampage on Sunday. As of now, there are still a good number of seats available for both shows. While not yet announced, it is assured there will be some sort of fan festival on Saturday. So they haven't announced it, but this guy is going rogue and just guaranteed that there's going to be a fan festival. That's how you do it, man. You just go on, you start talking shit. Attaboy, Josh, Nason. You go on there and fucking guess and guess and guess. And by the way, if they don't take an opportunity to get to get Rampage Jackson on Rampage, I have lost all respect for AEW. Right. I just exactly. wanna just wanna say that. Gonna throw that out there. I think we should all hashtag Rampage Jackson on Rampage. That's it. That's it. That's not a long hashtag at all. 
<laughs> hashtag rampage on hashtag rampage. <laughs> on it's going to be it's going to be the first double hashtag. Hashtag AE Dub. Uh, good man. You know what? I I, I said this uh, Wednesday, and I'll, I'll I'll say it again. It is really nice to see these companies getting back on the road, both of them, um, and getting fans back. Natural, organic reactions. Don't think they're not going to still try to pipe in their reactions to try to keep the narrative going. They don't want people cheering Roman. They're going to. I promise you. Uh, they're, you know, there's people that are not going to want them cheering that they're going to cheer. The people that are not going to want them booing that they're going to boo these baby faces they got out there. Some of them are going to get booed. Watch. Oh, for sure. Yes, I, I definitely believe that. Absolutely. So, I, I, I'm glad fans are coming back. It's. It's refreshing to see them going back. This SmackDown tonight was probably the last show we're going to see at a Thunderdome for the foreseeable future, at least. Indeed, yeah, that, that is what they announced it as. Yeah. At the very beginning of the show, Michael Cole said, this is the last time. That's, that's my Michael Cole impression. He's the guy from Saturday Night Live. This is the last time there you that go. they're going to be emanating from the Thunderdome. Emanating. Good word. Look at you. You are all Shakespearean tonight, sir. That's right. Wow. Emanating. Great word. Great word. But uh, like I said, great to see fans coming back in these, you know, in, in these arenas. Everyone's traveling again, getting back out there. Normalcy, man. Got to get back to some, even if it's through wrestling, I think it's going to uh going to be refreshing to a lot of a, a lot of fans a lot of uh and a lot of you know just us viewers you know just to watch fans in the in the arena instead of seeing screens or your talent out there you know i mean AEW's had fans for a while and it was not great watching that show wednesday with fans right so good to see them both doing it and uh i got nothing more on that go ahead smart whatever you uh go for it no, it's just nice that, you know, we're finally returning to actual crowds in some form of normalcy mm. within the wrestling world. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. These Thunderdome shows in particular have really sort of felt very just kind of bland and generic and just not terribly fun to watch at times. Yeah. Now, I, I did have one more article. I, I For some reason, I thought you had sent me this because it was my last one. Now, now, Smart, have you ever heard of Rolling Loud Festival? Hmm. I actually think I have. You have. All right. It is a festival. Eh, Lollapalooza. Think of that. Think of uh, Burning Man. All that stuff. Just a cool little music festival. Well, WWE is actually going to be there. Rumor is they're going to actually have a ring and do matches from Rolling Loud. Festival. Ah. Uh, not sure who right now. There's n um, not a ton of things, but the, the co-CEO of uh, Rolling Loud has said that they will be there. This is a little interesting, WWE getting into something like this. Um, don't you think a little bit interesting? I mean, I, I, it's like WWE going to Burning Man. Just strange. <laughs> and but, but it is in Miami, and it's July 23rd, so it's coming up very soon. I, I just the, the I, I had not realized until you said that how much in his current state at his current age 
that Vince McMahon would blend perfectly in with just a crowd full of people that are just sleep deprived and on all kinds of LSD and other chemicals. Just Vince McMahon like in a toga fucking walking around with other people that are tripping balls. It'd be wonderful. I mean, I'm down with it, dude. All that shit you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sleep deprived, little LSD. I don't know. I'm kind of old. I prefer mushrooms at this age. Yeah. At this age, I, I'm a 45. I think mushrooms would be a safer bet. I hear you. But I mean, you know, I, I don't know. If, I, I don't know if Bad Bunny is going to be there. Um, this is going to be at Hard Rock Stadium down there in Miami. Uh, it will come just a few days after the uh, Money in the Bank. So this is going to be cool. Going to be kind of cool to see what they're uh, what they're doing over there, and um, I'm sure they'll have plenty of videos. Oh, we were at. Rolling loud, and this is what we did. Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> yes, well, we were we got the most views out of any wrestling company oh. that performed at the Rolling Loud Festival. They all will, just us. They will puke it out right there. So stay I was kind of hoping that this would like lead to them like live recreating like a remake of the Pile, Pile Driver album. Ooh, maybe you never know. Yeah, fucking Vince performing Stand Back. Oh yeah, I, it is genuinely a dream of mine, and I have—I think I've said this before on the show—that like if they, as much as they love nostalgia baiting, like the one thing that I feel like they really need to do is like I just I want Big E to sing Pile Driver. I really fucking want Big E to oh, sing Pile Driver. That would be he beautiful. Would kill it. He would. He would. He he would definitely. He would definitely. But um, that could be cool. All right, so I guess we'll see what they do at the Rolling Loud Festival. It's going to be a very interesting. Ah. I didn't send this to you, but real quick, I want this makes me laugh. So I want to share it with you, since I don't think we're going to be talking about SmackDown all that much. Um, <laughs> there is an update on the MMA career of one CM Punk, since we were yes. talking about Chicago. This is an amazingly hilarious story, in my opinion, from SESScoops.com. CM Punk's MMA career looks slightly better today with his second fight in the UFC now being declared a no contest. So if you're keeping score at home, Punk's now officially sits at 0-1-0 with one no contest due to his second opponent failing a drugs, they said drugs, a drugs test from the fight way back in 2018. Proofreaders, people. Mm. MMA Junkie reported the news recently, but it was apparently confirmed way back in October 2018. So why are we talking about this now? This was a like article that came out yesterday. It's, but it has, has it, only... It, go ahead, actually. It, it actually says it in the article. It did not become public until today. Um, this... Wow, of all the ways to get a win... Uh, well, this is the great part, though, is Punk's opponent, Mike John- Mike Jackson, uh-huh. Mike Jackson, uh-huh. there we go, reportedly tested positive for THC due to marijuana. I was not going to attempt the uh, chemical name. No. Thus rendering the fight a no contest. So CM Punk essentially had a loss overturned because his opponent was smoking weed, which seems like just a perfect like, sort of end to his UFC career with this whole straight edge. Okay, so I guess we're going to have to get into a couple of things here. First of all, marijuana is not a performance-enhancing drug. I want to put that out there right now. Uh, there's this girl, uh, you did hear about the Olympian, the, uh, Olymp- the girl that was trying out for the Olympics who tested positive 
and they won't let her compete now for marijuana. Right. Yes. Uh, Shaw Richardson. Last name. I'm oh. last name. Obviously, I remember. Um, I think it's Shaw Richardson. I think her name is Shaw. I might be wrong, but it is not a performance enhancing drug. If anything, it's going to. Uh, be the opposite. It is go- not going to enhance your performance at all. Uh, Mike Jackson also was tickling CM Punk, which shows what a great fighter CM Punk is. He was literally tickling CM Punk while he had him down on the ground. There is video of this if you would like to check it out on YouTube. Literally. So if you want to find that. But I, 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 if I was Punk, I'd be like, please don't ever make that public. I don't ever want to win like that. Mm-hmm. That is awful. Um, <laughs> it's just so funny. Like all, like every beat of it to me is hilarious because, like, like we were talking about it, it. This came out like originally in 2018. It's just now making the news. It and it, like it kind of reads like it wasn't his call, and I don't think he was lobbying for it. But like it makes it seem like Punk was the one that was like writing these appeals and like trying to get his laws overturned. And it's just it, like, it's, it's so funny because it's like, now he's only Owen one. I just, I think it's funny that the straight edge dude got beat by a guy that was like stoned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... his, his whole like life goal mission statement has been proven to be false. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's indeed not better than you because he's drug free. So, uh, I, I just feel it's embarrassing, but uh, I guess since we're on tests and drug tests, I guess that would bring us right into sobriety tests. What do you think there, Smark? <laughs> there you go. A smooth transition. Let's get into it. Thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad you appreciated that. I thought, I thought, I thought you might. Um, that a little more. Basically, what happened is somehow the transcript of uh, Jimmy Uso's DUI arrest came out and... I've got a few things I just want to get into about it. I know I talked about this Wednesday, um, and I said how horrible it was, the fact that who knows how long he's been doing this, who knows how long he's gotten away with it, and, you know, you're not putting your life at risk only. You're putting everyone you're passing on the road, their life at risk. They could be driving a child. They could be driving two kids, three kids, four kids, five kids. You don't know. Um, Not that kids make anyone anymore, you know, any more valuable i'm just saying you could you know i I said on wednesday the old cliche you know oh my god you could wipe out a family of four drunk you could literally um this is basically how it went down like i said kind of the transcript of the arrest kind of went off they even gave the officer's name mr william roper mr roper not not don knotts from three's company there's a different mr roper um this is mrs roper's child um, <laughs> like how mankind is Mrs. Foley's baby boy. Yes, exactly. This is officer. Okay. This is this is Mrs. Roper's baby officer boy. Um, anyway, th- this was out in Pensacola. I did say that. I'm, I'm not going to go. I, I'm going to. I'm not going word for word. I'm just not going to do it. Um, basically, he was doing 50 miles an hour in a 35. Um, most of the time, I, I did say that. Like I said, look. They may give you five, even ten sometimes. Um, But if you're in a 35, you're more than likely in a close to residential area. 
Mm-hmm. That's usually why you've got anywhere below 40 miles an hour. You're near or close to a residential area, probably near a school zone, too. Um, so he was doing that. So while the officer was catching him, he saw the vehicle running at a red light at uh, Garden and A Street. That's where he was. Anyone who lives in Pensacola may know that right there. Um, they pulled him over a little bit down the road. The officer immediately smelled out like a strong odor of alcohol. Uh, officer ran his license, returned to the car, had him step out, and he was already swaying when, they st- when he stepped out of the car. Officer asked him to if he had consumed alcohol. Uso said he had multiple beers. <laughs> Admitted to it. Gave it out. Now, I'm going to give everyone just a little advice. If you have been drinking and your dumb ass is driving, which, you know, Luke Birch mentioned the other night, shouldn't happen at all, and I totally agree with him. If your dumb ass gets in the car and decides to, I'm going to give you, remember one thing. Do not take the fucking field test. Do not. Refuse it. Refuse it, ask for a lawyer, and go to jail that night. I promise you, you'll thank me for that, for that, one, that, that one bit of information. I promise you, you will. It may actually save you thousands of dollars in the long run. Do not take the field sobriety test if you've been drinking and you're pulled over and you're about to fucking fail it. Don't do it. At all. All right? Wait till the next day when they do the blood alcohol test. You should be sober by then. Unless your blood alcohol is what, what I mean this guy's breathalyzer I'm going to go through that in a minute here smart yeah he but, blew a Scott Hall uh, I think Scott Hall might be jealous of this fucking score um, <laughs> I gotta be honest with you uh, so there you go so he was already stumbling and swaying when they took him out of the car uh, the cop did the old you know the flash the light in the eyes uh, it showed signs of oh, I have trouble with this word Nice, nice to miss, nice All right. Basically, it's where your eyes move around because you're so fucking drunk. You can't concentrate. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so he was doing that. Couldn't maintain his balance. So they did the walk and turn test. Don't do this. They did the one legged test. He couldn't fucking balance. Don't do this. Finally, they placed him under arrest for not doing it. Then they gave him a breathalyzer. Now, he blew a .202 the first time. 202. And then he blew a .205. All right? Now, he was only released on a $500 bond, but I just want to say the legal limit in Florida, everywhere in Florida, not city by city, the state of Florida, and Smart, I just want you to know, Florida is the state of Miami. <laughs> just, just, checks out, checks out. Just, yeah. just throw that out there. After a quick Google search, I can confirm. <laughs> One second. Is, is point, point, Florida a state? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that's 0.08 is the legal limit. All right. That's like a beer or two with dinner, depending on weight. Now, I decided to check a blood alcohol chart. Now, a DU, now a blood alcohol chart and a breathalyzer chart. Now, a breathalyzer chart I have here. Okay, 0.08, legal. All right, that says 
basically you're, you know, right in the limit. You probably had, like I said, one or two at dinner. Now, anywhere above the 0.08, you're looking at 0.15, and that's pretty high. That's literally criminal. Now, luckily, he didn't go above that because he was close, and if he went above that, that's like damn near really bad for you, but... Definitely criminal penalty on the body weight and uh, and breathalyzer chart. Now, again, if he had just waited until his blood alcohol came up, he might not have been as fucking bad. But basically, his blood alcohol level, according to a blood alcohol, this is if you blew this number on the breathalyzer, this is what your blood alcohol should be, okay? Mm-hmm. This is this chart only goes to 0.16 and higher, and it says past high rate, highest rate, lack of muscle control, vomiting, loss of balance, impaired decision making, and inhibited self control. And he was in a car. Now listen, I was young and stupid once. I'm not gonna lie. I have driven very drunk many times. I also realized a long, long time ago, I got away with it. I was lucky. I never hurt anyone or myself while I was doing it. Um, but man, at I mean, that was when I, but I literally grew up at like 30 years old and was like, oh shit, I should only drink at home or, right. or, you know, really know what I'm doing. One here, one there. But I don't know, man. I just... I said on Wednesday, I feel bad, and I hope the guy gets help. Now, Smart, we didn't get any of yours, and I just said a lot of words there. So let's get your feedback on what happened with him. And again, tonight they basically brought him on like nothing happened. They right. did They did mention family business, and I think they were kind of hinting that they might mention it, but never did. So please, sir. Yeah, I think they alluded to him being on a vacation like it was it was very weird um yeah so i mean i've never you know anybody who's listened to the show for a while knows that i've had a tendency to have one or two every now and again and <laughs> it's uh, potentially uh inhibited me in some uh, some aspects mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> i have personally never driven drunk and i've never it has always been a rule, like even when I was a child, my mother would not let me get in the car with anybody who had any alcohol at all that day. Which, you know, as 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 a kid, I hated it. But as an adult, because, you know, everybody in my family would drink for the most part, except for like her and a couple other people. Um, but to this day, I still haven't, you know, really gotten into a car with anybody as far as I know that was under the influence. So it's been a rule that I've sort of kept up with. Um, And, you know, it is what it is. Like, there's never really an excuse. Like, that's just, it's not cool. Like, you know, there's plenty of things that people love being, you know, sort of pseudo false outraged about. But this is is the kind of thing that can cause serious problems. You know, there's no need to feign outrage or to feign being upset. He, Like you said, he could have potentially taken out you know, a person, an innocent person, an innocent family, multiple people, himself, whatever. And like you said, you know, some people, a lot of people have, a lot of people have kind of rolled the dice and come home from a party or whatever, come home from the bar across the street, whatever. 
that have you know driven drunk and it, it was of no real circumstance but he has been charged multiple times he has been caught multiple times this reaches a point where you are just completely refusing to change at all mm-hmm. you know and it's just, it, it becomes a point where you need very very much need help from somebody from something somewhere and you know we don't know what it is that his family is doing we don't know what it is that they told him about this you know because it was kind of before this ended up happening but well not before this happened but before he came out on SmackDown, I was watching The Observer, and like Alvarez was saying, they've been firing people for pretty much nothing at this uh. point. Like, they've just been getting rid of redundancies as they see it. You know, they, the lady that said that she had no idea who anybody on the roster was that was a writer, immediately fired. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, they had, Nick Khan is not fucking around right now. So you really don't need to, above all else, you don't need to spit in the face of fate with this kind of shit. Mm. And, I mean, it is what it is. Apparently, you know, he's not facing any known ramifications for his actions. So that's kind of <laughs> shitty, but we'll see. Well, I mean, he's going to have to, <laughs> excuse me, appear in court <laughs> eventually for this. Um, I'd like to see a, a license of confiscation <clears throat> at minimum. The court can order that he go to rehab. I see them possibly doing that for a lighter sentence. Um, again, this is not the first time. This is not the first time he's done this. Um, and, and you know what? I'll tell you what. You want to know the exact moment that woke me the fuck up? What's that? I was at the bar. Krabby Jack's. My old hangout. My buddy lived literally two miles from Krabby Jack's. I was driving him home. And I turn the corner and I go up his street and for some dumbass reason, it's a 35 mile an hour zone. I was doing 45. Cop pulls me over. I'm in his neighborhood. I'm nine beers in the wind. Nine. I'm so scared. I'm like twitching. You know, like literally I thought I was going to jail that night because I was nine beers in. But luckily... I had two bottles of water in my truck, and I was so thirsty when I got to my pickup, I drank them both. Mm. I don't know if that cleared my breath or what. Cop didn't smell it on me, and I got lucky, very lucky that night that I didn't fucking go to jail. And literally, I had nine beers. I was hammered drunk. I didn't eat much either. So that night, literally, I went back. I, I didn't even go home. I went to my friend's house. I stayed there. I slept in his bed. Well, not in his bed, on his couch. I slept there. And next day, I went home, and I swore I would never do that again. And I've never done it since then. There you go. Well, good was, on you. That, that was the last time I ever did it. I said that, that's the first and last time I get not. I get lucky. I never want to be that fucking scared again. I never want to be that scared again. So I said, fuck it. I'm just not going to fucking do it anymore. I had parties at my house. We would all come over there and drink and get fucked up. And I would. And people were all over my floor, my couch, my everywhere. I just tried to not let people drive that were fucking hammered. So, you know, good times. I think I had much better times after that. I was never in fear of being pulled over for something stupid. So I... uh I drank at home a lot. That's where I started having like raw parties on Mondays at my house and shit. 
and you know uh, pay per view parties at my house on Sundays. When they I had so you were bu- you were bucking the trend. You weren't having nitro parties. You were having raw parties. Ah, we we would flip back and forth, so it was kind of both. Ah, man, I I wish. Of all things, like I wish that there was more footage of those available online, the Nitro parties, because uh, they are the most like hilariously awkward. Just like, oh my god, and like the, the the rare event that somebody's sister or cousin or just any sort of female is present in that environment, mm-hmm. it like suddenly takes the frame of like a nature documentary. Like oh, yeah. the fucking I'm expecting David Attenborough to come out and just be like, you know, talk about how this poor prey is minding her P's and Q's as to not fall victim. Because <laughs> it's just, just <laughs> like, you know, oh, it is so great. It was just such awkward, just wonderfully awkward, just terrible shenanigans. Uh, I actually have all of my house parties on tape. Mm. One day, they're on VHS. I've got them. One of my good friends made me a little cut video of them all. I've got you had it. at least four, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was it was good times. I have. I have a VHS and a DVD recorder. One day I need to do it and put those online. We can talk about them one day. I, I do remember, like, well, you had shown me a picture before, back when you had like the high top fade, and you were doing that dance that you know you used to do back in the day. No, 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 no. No, that wasn't me. Uh, you did see the picture of me, though, on my boat at like 16 years old with my with my girlfriend at the time doing beer yeah. bongs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe I'll post that on DSD for you guys. Maybe I'll do that. That would be a little embarrassing, but maybe I'll do it. Uh, maybe I've got it. I've got it right here, actually. Maybe I'll pop it in the chat. <laughs> maybe. Make it an exclusive for our non-existent Patreon. I don't actually. I don't know where online it is. So I don't know if I can put it in the chat. But anyway, let's just move on from that. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, pretty crazy that they just brought him on tonight. Like, there's going to be no no consequences at all. I would figure the consequences will start when he's when he actually goes to court. That might be when the consequences start. Who knows? But um. I don't know, man. I think we've uh, burned through damn near all the news I can think of. More than I thought we had, like I said. So uh, I guess we can get into SmackDown. Um, I don't have a ton of notes. I wouldn't mind ending this a little early tonight. I uh, I got to be up at 6.30 in the morning, so sleep is good. Um, All right. I guess SmackDown it is, huh, Smart? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, of course, I missed the first few minutes, but I wasn't worried when I turned it on because uh, it was 10 minutes in and Roman Reigns wasn't even in the ring yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of I wasn't like purposely I didn't set the stopwatch, but I did notice when their first match started, it was a half hour into the show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm good. I'm good. So I, I, I showed up. Um, I again, there were a little bit of weird teases tonight with Roman uh, and Heyman, uh, the fact that he went up to Jimmy before the show and was like, you know, listen, Reigns is going to go out and take care of some family business. And you're like, oh, are they going to mention it? Are they going to mention it? I mean, if it was Jeff Hardy, they would have mentioned it. You know that, right? Right. Okay. Well, yeah, because like you said, they mentioned that and then they were both out there. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is yeah. And then I, I literally, my note was like, oh, look, it's Roman. No Jimmy. And then I'm like, Oh, look, here comes Jimmy. Yeah. Um, 
But I, I, again, Reigns is cutting some of the best promos he's cut ever right now. Uh, this one where he was just talking about Edge basically saying, I'm afraid of you. I'm not even thinking of you. I've got family business to take care of. You think I'm thinking of fucking you? You? <laughs> I gotta get these fucking smugs out of the clink at fucking yeah. three in the morning. I don't have time for you, buddy. Having to pay 500 bucks to get this shithead out of fucking jail. Well, I, I could be calling Dog the Bounty Hunter for just to pay 50 bucks to get his fucking ass out. You know how uh, many autographed pictures I had to send? And, you know. <laughs> they weren't letting them drive home. Did you see what he blew? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Higher than our ratings, buddy. Oh, oh. Oh, I don't have those ready, and I'm not pulling them up. But yeah, that was good. That was good. It was. He blew higher than Jimmy. Jimmy blew higher than Raw ratings. Ah, Jimmy blew a higher rating than Raw. <laughs> That's great. Oh boy, we're going to hell for that one, Spark. <laughs> for laughing at it and saying it. I feel like if anybody is qualified to be able to laugh at alcoholism, it is a. Uh... I would say us definitely, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, indeed. Yeah, I finally switched to that beer. That that other shit was awful, dude. That took a long time to drink. Oh, mm. pina colada wine is bad, bad. Fuck buzz balls. Oh, old account or not, screw them. Um, yeah, exactly. Smack a magnet. I, I agree. Uh, <laughs> It was a magnet smack out of solidarity. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess I need to mention the happiness it brings me to see Baron Corbin uh, breaking down in front of my eyes, looking like he's 55 years old, losing everything. Uh, Nakamura pulling up with Rick Boogs in his old car. I, I, I know it's all storyline. Just let me. Let me get this out. It's 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 happiness to me. Um, this is great. I want more of this. I want more of Baron Corbin being old looking. Uh, you know, he, he even got the gray in the beard going. He didn't uh, didn't put the old, uh, you know, uh, the what is that stuff? The the, the uh, just for men in there. Mm-hmm. Didn't put that in there. Smart. He's looking old. He's looking rough, and he's losing everything in life. And uh, I'm not much for the misery of others, but. Uh, I like this. Well, I was thinking about this because I, I was trying to remember sort of the genesis of this feud because they've been feuding for a while, Corbin and Nakamura. And literally, it started off with just a random one-off like singles match where Nakamura beat him and then took his crown and then they battled back and forth for like weeks, if not months, over just who was the rightful possessor of this crown and, like, it, it makes me laugh that this is, like, what ended up being, this was the catalyst for now they're cutting these promos where Corbin has become, like, desolate. And fucking Nakamura is buying his car, he's got his crown, and he's, like, laughing at just beating him so much that he's driven him into poverty. And I was like, what the fuck did this guy actually do to you? Like, this is the heel. You have the heel cutting this promo where he's like, the, the IRS told me they're going to repossess my house and my car, and I really need to win this match. I'm like, this is the bad guy. He's supposed to boo him when he comes out. They're, 
it seems like they're working towards a face turn, and I'm not down with it. I want him to be as downtrodden as possible. I think it's much better of a storyline because he just looks like a piece of shit and acts like a piece of shit. So let's just make him a piece of shit. I, I love it. I honestly thought the best part of this whole segment, Smart, was uh, Big E down there on the couch sitting. Pat McAfee jumps over, pops his shoes off, and has got a little foot massage going on the couch. Um that was one of the best parts. And Rick Boogs, Boogs doing the old 80s rock scream. I love it. There you go. I mean, and I, I know that it's like just the storyline and all of this, but like I kind of feel bad for the guy where he's just like, I haven't slept in, in days and I just, uh, everything in my life is miserable. And he comes out and they're like, boo, fuck this guy. Yeah. He's like, guys, I'm having a hard time with like just life right now. Like, it's just such a weird angle oh. where he's like become like just manically depressed. Oh, and stop. we're still supposed to be like, fuck you, you piece of shit. Like, it is so weird though. It is oh, weird. no. Stop this quit your whining fucking welcome to real life corbin cunt <laughs> well i guess we had talked about it before i'm pretty sure when we were reading like off some of the trademarks that they had filed for yeah and you i remember you mentioning that they filed for the name happy corbin which i guess is what this is leading to is either supposed to be like an ironic thing where his life is just like he, he becomes essentially like Tim White, where he's just like wants to off himself every week and they just ironically call him Happy Corbin or something happens where he ends up getting shit back. Like, I don't know if you remember, this is a rather kind of obscure angle, kind of. Like back in, I want to say, 95 or so, uh, before DDP became DDP, essentially, there was like a, a streak of about a month or two where he like lost his manager and he lost a bunch of money and I think he was feuding with uh, Johnny B. Bad at the time. And it, like, it just basically became where like his life became a living hell. And he was just like super depressed. And then somehow he became the Diamond Dallas Page we know him as now from that. Oh, I mean, look, they, there's so many times they've done this. Remember when uh, Big Show lost all his money in strip malls and Stephanie was <laughs> out there berating him in front of everyone and, you know, making herself feel like she had the balls instead of fucking Big Show. Because she really kind of, I I think, deep down wants to have a giant set of grapefruits like her father. Um, And and then we had Shawn Michaels, who JBL was bitching out, which I thought that was the worst ever story. One of the worst storylines WWE ever did, in my opinion, was that one. I kind of remember it now, but I honestly, had you have not mentioned that, I would have never remembered that. Yeah, and it's scary. I I remember it because I remember nothing. Right. You know, so... But it was, this was just, when he was you know, fucking peddling those Mama Joanna energy drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- there's been so many of these things, but this one, <laughs> for some reason, this one really puts a smile on my face. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think I, I feel like I could I could figure out the reason. There. I mean, look, I apologize to Sasha Baron Corbin out there. He's a great person. Love him. Great. But uh, makes me happy to see his guy in pain. I'm sorry. Well, he had suggested that we, because he had kind of mentioned it before we started, and I said, hey, I'm probably going to talk about this. He had suggested that we talk about this for an hour, and I was kind of sitting there thinking, I was like, I don't know if you want that. Like, I, I don't think one of us is going to be very positive in regards to Mr. Corbin. No, no, you know, just, 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 just throw my feelings out there. And by the way, speaking of uh, McAfee, uh, John McAfee didn't kill himself. Anyway, let's uh, keep going here, Smart. Um, they. For some reason, I, I temporarily <laughs> confused him with Pat McAfee. And I was like, no, he was, he was on SmackDown. What are you talking? I was like, oh, that guy. The, the antivirus lad. Him. Yes, I get you. 
Uh, I, I had, I'm just, I'm throwing, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Uh, we already talked about the Shotzi Blackheart thing and how weird it was that they brought her out with Tegan Knox instead of Ember Moon. But like you said, there's no, nothing going back and saying that there's anything wrong with Ember Moon. Maybe you're correct. Maybe she didn't want to be brought up again and, you know, whatever, but. I just think it's weird that they were like, oh, my God, it's that NXT team, Tegan Knox and Shotzi. And we're like, what? How dumb do you think we are? Again, they're insulting our intelligence, which Vince said they weren't going to do back in what, 1993 or four? I can't. I'm probably off on that date. Um, We also are. Well, I mean, because they set you up because before the they, it's like, you know, after the break, there's going to be Tamina and Natalia taking on. An unknown tag team, like this, they've never been on SmackDown before. But they're like building it up as there are this established tag team. So they cut this promo where they're like, "Hey, you know, some fucking chumps want to wrestle with us. Well, we'll show them." And you know, you see the tank come out, and so you're thinking it's going to be Amber and Shotzi. It turns out it's Shotzi, and they are called. This was interesting. Nice. Depending on who you ask. Michael Cole kept calling her Tegan Knox. Everybody else kept calling her just Knox. Knox. And it came up on the graphics as Knox. And uh, I kind of like the way you put that. You went back to the 20s again. Yeah, the new team coming out. Yeah. Yeah, they're coming to take (laughs) us on. Yeah. A couple of young street tubs. A couple of young punks. They're going to come down and take us out. No, not going to take us out. No, that's right, Muggsy. Yeah. 22 could do them. Let's leave. All right, anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's just... All right, we're done with that. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely weird, just the fact they brought her... And you're, you're right, they brought her out either as Knox or Tegan Knox, but it said on the graphic Knox, which I gotta say, I immediately thought of Mike Knox. And like, <laughs> I it, did too. Now is the time to bring him back and say that's his niece... There you go. Yeah, there you go. Well, how Mer. long ago? I mean, you could kind of sell this. Like, see, it was about 2016. Or not 2016. 2006 when ECW was around. Mike Knox had the thing with Kelly Kelly. That uh, would have been, what, about 16 years now? Did you not hear me say I don't remember shit back, like, 10 minutes ago? Well, this, okay, I'm going to do the math because I'm terrible at math because I <laughs> went to school in the South. We'll do this 2016, 10, 2016 would have been 10 years, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 15. So you could technically pass her off as the daughter of Mike Knox and Kelly Kelly. Yeah? Yeah? Okay. I'll go with it. I'll go with it. You got any more for that or is that it? No, I was already thinking that this is an angle that nobody, including me, who's pitching it, wants. Yeah, you don't really seem into it. Um, not really pushing it. Not, not not really pitching it, Smart. You know what I mean? I will be full-on transparent. I searched Mama Joanna into Bing, and there's apparently multiple advertisements or commercials of JBL pitching this Mama Joanna energy drink. And I cannot wait until we are done and I get into these because they, they look wild. There's one where he's like in a forest somewhere in a suit with a guy who looks like Conrad but isn't Conrad, who's probably his backer. And they are going to be shilling this energy drink for, it looks like an energy shot, like five-hour energy, for uh-huh. about a minute and a half. 
Oh. Well, I'm not going to play those. Um, no, but I will link it in the Mixler chat. There you go. Go for it. Oh, now you're going to make me want to play it because it's in the Mixler <laughs> chat. Now it's on the right computer to play it. Mm. Oh, there you go. Temptation it is never but a foot away. Oh, what did Smarky dub? Oh. I don't know if it's going to be good or not. That will be my preference by saying that. Like, if this is terrible, it's entirely my fault, but I didn't watch beforehand. I don't do research. All right. Here goes the volume. I'm John Layfield, known and loved the world over as John Bradshaw Layfield. Shellnut. And Shellnut. I was down in the Dominican Republic, and I realized that I was a great explorer, that I was a great discoverer. Like people before me, like Adamson, like Scott, like Columbus, like Ponce de Leon. And I am going to bring something to the world that will rival in importance the pyramid. That's right. I am bringing to you, all of you, what the locals call a love potion, the baby maker. I am bringing Mama Joanna. They call it Mama Wana. Does it really matter if it's Mama Joanna? If it's Mama Wana, does it really? Does it really matter that you are about to go back to prom night? That's right. Hey, we're not responsible for your standards. We're just responsible for a good time. <laughs> Rock on. Get laid. <laughs> okay. The guy behind him looks like if Arn Anderson was a pedophile. I, I, I don't know how I, I do not know how else to explain it. I was going to say if Dr. Death never went to the gym. Okay. Th- th- there's a good one. Probably way better than mine. Uh, I'm not sure what to... It, does it matter if it's Mama Juana or Mama Wana? <laughs> it doesn't matter if I can pronounce this shit that I'm hawking to you or not. It, <laughs> and, what matters is that they paid me. The check's cleared, brother. And the guy behind him just goes, <laughs> Get laid. Get <laughs> Get laid field. He he lay laid field. This guy really was like the precursor to Conrad. I called it. <laughs> like he just paid this wrestler to be his friend, and he's just like big fucking idiot. But he has the money to befriend wrestlers. Oh my god! Get laid. I think we just saw fucking Bubba. Get laid. If anybody knows how to get laid, it's the guy. Who shoved a broomstick up Brian Christopher's ass? <laughs> Drink some Mama Joanna. You will rape a guy in the shower. They call like, it Mama. Well, they call it Mama Wana. Mama Wana, what? John. <laughs> he just immediately fucking mispronounces the thing that he was being paid to advertise. Oh, I hope that was a blooper reel. Oh God! D- you know what, dude? Go down that rabbit hole. See where else it takes you. Um, that was wonderful. I mean, it was a real gamble there, but I feel like that paid off. That was entirely worth it. No, I think that was me. good. That was good. that was good. That was good. That was good. Now we'll, uh, I guess we'll talk about the the final uh, little part here of SmackDown, and then I guess we'll, uh, shit, I guess we wrap up after that. Well, well I guess we can get into, uh, they finished up the Money in the Bank uh, qualifying matches for the men tonight. We can get into that real quick, and then we'll wrap up. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? One thing we did forget to mention is Cesaro and Rollins had a really, really good Money in the Bank qualifying match. Um, I had no 
delusions that Cesaro was going to win. I don't think anyone really did. But uh, great match. I, I did expect a good match between them, which definitely happens. Cesaro just can do that. Uh, I, I just don't see why they can't get a, a pull the trigger with this fucking guy. It's, it, it's like they're scared. Like he might actually do well, and they're afraid right. of that. And that, 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 that just makes no fucking sense to me. But uh, it was a really good match, and I uh, figured we'd mention it real quick. Smart, what do you think? Yeah, it, it was a really good match, but like that's kind of been the thing. Is like we know that they've had, that they can have good matches with each other because they have before, but I mean this has been going on for months now. Like that, that's the only problem is like with SmackDown, it's not a bad show. Like the matches are good, but they're the same matches. Like they're the like they're Bizarro Raw, where sometimes you still get the same shit, but it's good shit. But you also just it's like if you eat pizza like every day for a week. Like it's not bad, but you're just getting this. It's getting to the point where it's becoming a little stagnant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, but I, I, again, I, I just don't see why they. I mean, at, at this point, Cesaro's getting that Ziggler treatment to where they just kind of give him just enough to make him happy and put him in that, you know, that spot, and then pull him back from it. And I got a feeling after this, we're not going to see Cesaro doing much anymore. I, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Probably not, because I mean, he won a couple of big matches, but like the match that like seemingly mattered the most, it has like title implications. He did end up losing, so right. we'll see about that. One other thing uh, that they was they they snuck a very kind of quick vignette in. They're going to be debuting Tony Storm on SmackDown as well. Mm. Oh, I didn't catch that, but yeah, cool. Oh, I'll be very happy about that. To keep my wife out of the room when she comes on TV. There, uh, there you go. Stay out. Stay out. Give me a... That kind of stuff writes itself though, because she very much seems like, in terms of at least the look. The whole attire, the whole aesthetic, very kind of Ziggler esque, oh. and she's going to be on SmackDown with Ziggler. It's like it writes itself. Just put them together. Neither one's doing anything right now. Oh. they can both come out and shake their ass. There you go. There's a little something for the ladies, a little something for the fellas, a little something for those who, you know, are greedy. Uh, okay. Anyways, uh, let's get <laughs> to the multitaskers. Is what we'll call them. Let's get to the oh multitasking. There you go. It's the main event of this uh, this little show here, which turned out to be Edge uh, calling out Roman Reigns. We kind of went through it through the night. Edge was kind of teasing he was going to do it. Didn't want to even talk to uh, Kayla backstage. Basically said, hey, look, I'll say it in the ring, woman. Uh, by the way, was that Megan girl new or did I miss her last week or that? Um, um, is, she, is she a blonde lady? Yeah. I've, who was talking to her? Um I feel like she's been there for a while. I think she, uh, we talked about her. I think she came in from, she was doing like interviews for the Patriots, the New England Patriots television, oh. like the preseason games. That was her. All right. Anyway, I, I for some, I didn't remember. They're they're all just blonde and bubbly, except for Kayla. But they uh, literally are. It's like it's, it's a factory. They just it, it, they none of them, and like they by design do nothing to establish any form of personality amongst any of these interviewers like male or female because they know that they're just going to replace them with another one that works for cheaper yeah. down the line so they just make sure that they give them no personality because you know like somebody like a mean gene that actually people came to know and love he yeah. would have wanted more money so why bother doing that you know yeah they're just like here read this and shut up yeah A ask the dumbest question possible that we've written for you yes 
Exactly. Ask it well. Mm-hmm. But not too well. Yes. There you go. There you go. Anyway, like I said, we have that whole thing with Edge. Um, I did like Edge's promo coming out saying, I don't care how many minions Roman brings with him, how many minions he's brainwashed. I keep telling you that he's uh, invoking Stockholm in, half, in, in, these, in these guys. I'm telling you, I'm right. Uh, it says, no matter what Brains brings at him, he's taking the Universal Championship money in the bank. Uh, then Edge tells Reigns, get your ass out here. As he bugs his eyes out. Roman's just in back sitting there with everyone, just chilling. I love, I don't know why, but for some reason he's just, I like seeing these scenes. Heyman just staring at him. Jimmy and Jay just looking at him also. And it's just like everyone's just looking at Roman like, what shall we do, Lord? What shall we do? Roman says, everyone just stay the fuck back here. Except, you know, Paul comes with him. But he tells Paul to stay back too. And uh, <laughs> I like Jay. Something don't feel right, Oos. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And then they come out and Roman is like, the fuck did I tell you two bitches? And literally, I think that's what Roman probably would have wanted to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was, what the fuck? What are you doing out here? That um, is going to be one of the things that I miss about them not being the Thunderdome anymore. I did it, like you were saying, I just enjoyed the like little lounge section that they built for Roman, this like extravagant locker room where he's just sort of sitting there watching the show unimpressed while Heyman just kind of like surrounds him and the Usos surround him. Like they're like kind of guarding his throne. Yeah. Now he's going to be like watching TV and catering. Mm-hmm. We're going to be like, Oh, what happened here? Um, but yeah, I, I, I get good stuff all the way up to here. Uh, Roman does come out and, um, Again, Jimmy and Jay down there already. Um, Roman comes out, says, look, we're, I'm going to handle this. Guys, come on, back up, back up. Edge and Roman stare each other down. They brawl, and then Dominic and his dad come out, beat the shit out of uh, the Usos for a minute. Then they get back, and then Dominic and Ray come back. And then Edge grabs that bar again and turns them both into little bridles. Mm-hmm. Turns him into horsies. Horses. Turns Jay into a horsey twice and Jimmy. I really figured they would have done Jimmy twice on this to give him a little pay. Little, uh, little, little, you know, little, uh, little, uh, DUI payback. Uh huh. You know what I'm talking about? Eh? Mm-hmm. You know? Huh? I don't know. I feel like it might still happen because for, for whatever reason, they seem to like really kind of harp on the idea that the Usos and Roman are finally unified and they keep talking about how they're all on the same page finally and they're all unified finally and like we know based on just how they do things in general like how they did with the Hurt Business that people stay unified for like a week and then they split them up so (laughs) well there's that and when they had that little hug at the beginning of the show they made sure to focus on Roman's face and Roman's face was saying something different than family he was saying, I'm going to fucking screw you guys. Yeah. I am, yeah. Again, the Stockholm, dude. The Stockholm Syndrome. You know, you're, you kind of eventually just, you know, empathize, empathize with your capture, which basically is what Roman is in this situation. 
Which it, it's going to be so weird though if this ends up playing its course, like unless they draw it out for a little while longer to put some time and distance between everything. Where just the most logical progression based on the story they've been telling is that this is going to lead to the Usos being faced because they're both kind of Roman's henchmen. And he, they both kind of right. he chumped both of them out. So inevitably, the payoff you are led to believe is the Usos are eventually going to turn on him or whatever, and they're going to become faces. But like, they're not going to acknowledge it on TV. We know that as much. But it's just going to be very awkward in the timing of all this if they, within the next couple of weeks, make somebody who has had such a highly publicized DUI a baby face. Like it's just it's bad. I, to to bring back a word that I've used often, the optics. Not great. Not great at all. Not great at all. So I don't... I, I agree with you, man. You're right. It does make that. And by the time they get around to it, Jimmy might actually be hitting those uh, those court dates. Yeah. Well, that, I, actually, I hadn't thought about that. That's a good, that's a good point, too. Is like, you can't do this, like, immediately because it's still fresh in people's minds. But then the longer you draw it out, the closer it becomes, you know, court date time. So it's yeah. like you kind of don't win here unless you turn Roman face, and that doesn't really work. No. No, it's not going to work, which at this point it would be ridiculous to do. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But uh, all right. I don't know. It would be ridiculous to do, but I, I just don't see where else. You're right, though. I don't see where else they can go. With this storyline, they're painting themselves into a corner here unless Roman Reigns just turns on them and Jimmy and Jay take another break. <laughs> yeah, they, well, I, there, there is always that. Like, let us not forget it's WWE and they could just decide to drop this next week and uh, just yeah. not mention anything that's happened within the last couple of months. That is an entire, that is always an option for them. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's scary, but it is. It is always an option for him. So, all right, real quick. Uh, again, we did have a bunch of the uh, matches for the Money in the Bank, and we haven't been on in a couple of Fridays, so I figured we'd go ahead and just lay out the uh, quick brackets for the uh, men's Money in the Bank match right now. Uh, it is Ricochet, John Morrison, Riddle, Drew McIntyre, uh, Big E, Kevin Owens, Nakamura, or King Nakamura now, and Seth Rollins. Uh, for the women, we've got Asuka, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega making her comeback, and two more that are going to be determined probably the next uh, next week. So there you go. Men's match looking very... How do I put this? Sprinkled with a lot of different talent. Uh, you got Ricochet and Morrison. You got your uh, definite high flyers there. You've got Riddle. You know, little different style than all of them. Riddle's got more of the Drew McIntyre style. You got your big guys. You got Big E and Kevin Owens. You got Nakamura and Rollins, who are kind of your, again, your high flyers, but also your great workers. So you got a good sprinkle of everything in this match. I think it's going to... I think no matter what, you're going to get a lot of great moves out of Ricochet, Morrison, uh, probably even Nakamura. You're going to get some great moves out of some good power moves out of Big E and Owens. Uh, Drew will, I got a feeling Drew's going to hang around in the back a lot and try to win this match by doing that. Mm -hmm. 
So, but I think you're going to see a lot of real fucking entertaining moves out of Ricochet and Morrison again. Uh, they're going to be doing some real flippy dippy do's in this match. Women's match looking again. We're getting Alexa Bliss back in matches, seeing her compete again. So, and Zelina Vega once again making a quick comeback and jumping right into the Money in the Bank match. So, right, which we hadn't talked about, but I just. I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny, like <laughs> that we kind of dismissed the idea of her signing with them after Alistair Black had gotten fired. And it seems like if you follow the time frame, what happened was she resigned, and then they seemingly almost immediately afterwards fired her husband. Which is just like, well, this is familiar, isn't it? This is what you signed mm-hmm. back up for. Yeah, and then I, I again, I mean, we were talking about how you know they're trying to bring people back <clears throat> at lower rates. I got a feeling he just said, fuck you. I got a better way to do this and went ahead and knew his, I don't know, like I said, I don't know if his lawyer told him his contract was screwed up or not, but he found a loophole and he used it. And uh, I don't know. Uh, A lot of people obviously think Zelina Vega is going to get punished for this. Why? WWE is the one that fucked up. I know they're petty. They do shit like this, but uh, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool they brought her back. Uh, especially under the circumstances, but literally the week before Smart, we were talking about how they want Aleister Black back and the officials were trying to do it. Yeah, and it seemed like there was a decent possibility of that happening Mm -hmm. because we were talking about before where he basically read, you know, the whole kind of... It's become a thing amongst some of the people that got released because they've been releasing people in mass, but there's always like one or two out of the group of people that they release when they do the mass releasings. That were like, well, Vince loved me, though. And he was that guy. He was, oh, no, but Vince thought I was great. Vince totally wanted to use me, but he didn't for eight months, and then he fired me. But Vince loves me. Yeah, So absolutely. it seemed like he was going to be one of those people that came back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was He was going to be. But I guess not. Not at this point. Not after he debuted over in AEW. So, you know, hey. Which, good. If, he was, if he knew that's where he was going all along, and he was just pulling the I want to come back, Vince loves me thing as a work, that is fucking smart, because I didn't expect him. Or if he was just going, listen, I'll keep him on the fucking hook. Babe, you sign. I'll go to AEW. All right, yeah. beautiful. You do that. Oh, yeah. Let's just screw him over big time. I don't know, man. I like. I kind of like the little uh, the thing here with, uh, you know, Zelina Vega making a comeback one week. Next week, we're sitting there watching AEW, and her husband shows up on a different show. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool, man. Kind of cool. So, all right. I guess on that note, uh, Smart, you got anything else, man? Or, like I said, I think we talked more news than we thought, but uh, I think we're good. We're not man. really a news article, but uh, happy 46th birthday to Shelton Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin, I think Miro, Mark Miro had a birthday today, too. Yeah. Mark Miro had a birthday, so there you go. A lot of birthdays today in the wrestling world, which is now tomorrow in uh, most places. But, uh, all right, I guess we go ahead from here and wrap this mother up. Uh, it means I play this, and I go over here, and that means you guys know what I'm about to do. I'm about to tell you to check out the high marks. You know why? Because it's Cheese Man. It's Mojo. It's G-Wiz. It's on Mixer.com slash Metal Mitt Network. That's right. Don't forget the second T in Mitt. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday nights, 
Check them out. Mixler.com slash Metal Mint Network. You do not want to forget. And, of course, we've got the Bobby Anthem and the Bobby Blades. They are the Inhumans on the Inhuman Experience. Go check them out on all the usual podcast platforms. And while you're on those usual podcast platforms, you go on. Go ahead and search everything on Scripted Wrestling Podcast. You'll find them there. If you want to go to Blog Talk, you'll find them there, too. Eric, Doug, and Daniel, great guys. Go check them out over there. And Stephen Milan, he's sharing the show, and we appreciate it. Go show your appreciation by checking him out on Letterboxd, B-O-X-D.com, slash Stephen Milan. Put two L's in Milan. He's reviewing films Go check out some of his film reviews, and you guys know where to find us. You can find us on Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, <laughs> excuse me, Google, anywhere else you find podcasts. Go ahead, Smart. That's right. Monday's 830 on the Middle Podcast Network on the Mixler Machine. Cheese on Sports with the Cheese Man. And Sunday's 1030 a.m., also on the Metal Mint Podcast Network, also on the Mixler Machine, the Mo Dirk City Machine Guns with Mojo and Dirk. Happy birthday, Mojo, by the way. Had a birthday a couple days ago. And uh, then, last but never least, be sure to visit our friends at the Planet Tour, The Planet Tour Podcast with Bobby Anthem, Papa Dave Sincere, and Yuck Nasty. Season 1 is in the books. Season 2 is in process. So be sure to subscribe so you can get all of the goodness at your disposal, at your very fingertips. Do it now. All right. There you go. Make sure you guys check that out. And we will be right back here Wednesday night, like usual. Uh, I'm glad everything's finally working. And uh, that's it. Next Wednesday. Enjoy the weekend. Adios. If you don't know what to do with yourself, take your drunken ass home. Oh, yeah!